Welcome in the house of fun. Oh, welcome in the house of fun. Welcome in the house of fun. Welcome. Welcome to episode 71 of Don't Shoot the Gingers. We have a very special episode today. I am your co-host, Greg Larson. This is your co-host, John Giles. And we're joined by two fellas, Elder Cheshire and Elder Hollist from the Church of Latter-day Saints here in Austin, Texas. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for having us. So first off, we want to lead in. I mean, our big, our, our biggest question about, so Church of Latter-day, Latter-day Saints is the same as the Mormon church. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. So Mormons is kind of a nickname that we've been given, but you know, the proper name for the church is the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay. And we got connected because Elder Cheshire, you messaged me on Facebook saying, Hey man, Uh, I know this Jesus dude, you look like a heathen. Maybe we could hook you guys up. (laughs) (laughs) Where, the the name Elder, how did you, you guys look uh-huh. like you might be uh, a little bit younger? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, so Elder is kind of like a title. So we're both missionaries for the church. And so like we both have first names, but um, in respect for what we're doing, we ask that people call us by Elder. It's just kind of a title that we go by. It's interesting. Can I, uh, can I have a title as well? If you want. What do I have to do to get a title? Well, we call everyone in our church brother and sister. So we can call you Brother Giles if you'd like. Yeah, Brother Giles. <laughs> All right. As uh, I'm Brother Larson. John, it feels Brother like Larson. we're in the fraternity back in the day as well. Yeah, can you uh, can you recite the story in Crescent as fast as you can, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, fellas, that's, a, that's an inside of, joke that literally no one else will get. Sorry. <laughs> no, not even our fans will get that one. Um, so, fellas, a lot of stereotypes about um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of the stereotypes is that you guys are very, um, very pure. Don't drink caffeine. Don't drink alcohol. Don't smoke. Also, very hardworking. Um, and also, it seems like people make fun of you guys for that, especially because you're so diligent people. Well, is any of that accurate? And what do you think of that perception in pop culture? You know, uh, there are like definitely accurate things in there. So we don't drink alcohol. We don't smoke. We don't do drugs, anything like that. Um, but we are allowed to have caffeine. You know, I, I do drink an energy drink once in a while just to keep me going. I mean, we are hard workers. We, we work long days. Yeah. Um, but we work long days as missionaries and we don't always get very much time to rest. And so that hard worker stereotype is is very true but also that we try to keep ourselves pure, as you said, and we live a lifestyle that we try, that we believe can bring us closer to to God. And um, so as we do that, you know, like you said, people kind of give us this stereotype, but I think it's a stereotype that I like because, you know, not saying that, you know, people that drink or smoke or do any of that are bad people. Those are some of the best people I know do those things. But it's just something that we believe that, you know, like I said, brings us closer to God. 
Uh, I have a question on the on the caffeine aspect. So you drink an energy drink, but I know in um, what what is the text? What's the what's y'all's text called? The word of wisdom. The word of wisdom. Okay, mm-hmm. there's a line in the word of wisdom that's like hot beverages should never be in your belly. Is mm-hmm. that like anti coffee, anti tea, um, or is that kind of a line that we can kind of skew away from? And be like, ah, we can still drink coffee. No, yeah, that, like you say, coffee and tea is what we have been told by um, our Latter-day prophets as being something to refrain from. And so we we don't drink coffee or tea. Um, And I think that's where the caffeine um, confusion comes from sometimes because... So it's hot beverages. But yeah, I know. What is it about the hot beverages that that is not amenable to a pure body? You know... Um, it's, I mean, it's hard to say a lot of it, I think is more about faith, um, and not necessarily about it being bad for us. You know, I mean, there could be bad aspects to it. Um, but I don't know that we could really pinpoint exactly what it is, but fair enough. Um, yeah, it's you know, the faith aspect of, of following it. Um, no, absolutely. So I, I'm a Methodist yeah. by trade. Uh, uh-huh. and, um, a lot of things, he's lying. He barely even goes to church. <laughs> this guy's a heathen as much as I am. So, <laughs> admittedly growing up, I was very much into Methodism. I, I went to, I went to church twice a week. And so mm-hmm. I have gone off a little bit and I, I don't, I practice, I guess in my own, and I don't really go to church as often as I should probably, but specifically classic there bullshit were defi- answer. Yeah. <laughs> they were definitely, uh, definitely parts of faith that were kind of blindly followed. And that was always hard for me because it's like that line about like hot beverage where it's like, okay, we don't really know the reason why, but we're told to, so we do it. So let like those go. And I remember thinking at the time, like, okay, like I can follow that rule. The rule, it doesn't quite make sense to me, but I can follow it. Um, how, I guess, I guess the question why blindly follow if you can see like a logical reason to do something else? That's a, a very good question. So in, in that word of wisdom where we can read it, it gives us specific blessings that we can follow, specific rewards. And, you know, like Elder Cheshire said, we don't always know the reason why. And that's where faith comes in. But we are also rewarded in a way for our faith. Um, it, it tells us that we can... Um, for example, run and not be weary, walk and not faint. And so that's, and also that we, we can gain more knowledge, but like you said, it all just kind of ties back to faith. And it's a very good question as to why we just kind of blindly follow. But I've seen in my own life that as I do follow those things, and I guess I had a father that, um, before he met my mother, you know, he was in that life where he smoked and he drank and did all that. And he'll tell me all the time that he just feels so much better when, he changed when he didn't do those things. So it's not necessarily always that we don't have a reason why. It's just that we feel that the reward far outweighs everything else. I mean, I guess the reward is clearly a healthier body. Smoking and drinking is, <laughs> uh, it's it's fun in the moment, but goodness gracious, it feels terrible afterwards. Um, I'm literally so hungover right now. The healthy body is, is the reward. What, Greg? <laughs> I said I'm literally hungover right now. You guys should have seen me this morning. Is it true yeah, that I you guys are really course. good at basketball? Oh yeah, BYU. Uh, 
I wouldn't say that that's the case for everyone. Not for <laughs> everyone. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're like, yeah, no, not us. <laughs> <laughs> but anytime yeah, I see, um, anytime I see white guys who are good at street ball, they're Mormon missionary guys. But you know, we we get as missionaries, we get like one day a week where we call it preparation day, where we can kind of relax a little bit. We get a chance to talk to our families and everything. And a lot of what we do is we come to the church and we play basketball in the gym. So maybe that's why. That's true. <laughs> I They're love ringers, Greg. So, They're yeah. ringers, man. <laughs> Dude, okay, so even on your off day, you're going into the church. Yeah. Yeah. So what is I mean, missionary? How long have, does missionary yeah. work last? And what does it look like? So for us, um, it's a two-year mission is what it is. And so we come out, are sent away from home. Um, so I'm originally from Utah. Elder Hollis is from Idaho. And we came here to Austin um, on our mission. And so it's a full-time mission is what it is. And so from 6.30 in the morning, we get up and we go until 10.30 at night. Um, and and then, like you said, we get our one day preparation day on um, just one day of the week. Um, and and that's it for, for the two years. But that's just for the for us missionaries. You know, obviously, right. the rest of the members of the church live normal lives um, with their families. Are you riding your bikes around town? Not much anymore. We've gone a lot more to cars. Okay. So is that a, like I used to see them riding bikes, and I thought that was you know I, I didn't know the the logistics behind that. If that was more of a faith thing, where it's like no, don't drive a car, <laughs> but you can drive cars. Uh, <laughs> you yep. just you just choose to do bikes. Why was the bike such a prevalent thing for a while? So bikes for a long time, you know, a matter of convenience. So especially in cities and stuff, it's easier to get around. You don't have to worry about parking a bike so much, and also just for ease of of cost. You know, cars are a bit more. expensive. I guess they're a lot more expensive than a bike, but you don't have to pay for maintenance. You don't have to pay for gas. You don't have to do any of that. So I think a little bit of, I think just convenience all around for cost and for, you know, getting around to places. Gotcha. Do you guys have any, uh, do y'all ever get attacked by dogs or like angry wives or anything like that? Um, I haven't personally. Yeah, I, I haven't had any experiences with that. There's definitely stories out there, and I don't know how many of them are true, but you hear of it every now and then. But we've also had a very different mission experience from what it used to be, because both of us started since COVID. And so we don't ah. do the normal thing that that you maybe picture of going around and knocking doors. Um, we do a lot of our work online. Um through Facebook. Oh, nice. How many podcasts have you done? This better be your first. <laughs> this it is. is. First. <laughs> Sorry. If I'm bouncing around, I apologize. My dog is laying on the bed here and he keeps jumping up and every time he makes the whole thing shake. <laughs> so I apologize for the epilepsy that's happening over here. That's all good. Now, are you allowed to have a dog as a Mormon? Um, yeah. As a Mormon, we're allowed to have a dog. Not a missionary, but as a Mormon in general, I mean... I, I have a dog. Elder Hollis, so. you had to check in with Elder Cheshire. You're like, hold on, can we actually have dogs? <laughs> you had to think about it for a second there. Do you know the, do you know the answer to this? <laughs> no, we're, we're allowed to have dogs. 
It's like, well, scripture nice, says no cats, no iguanas, but dogs are allowed. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right, so I, I do have to ask about um, some of the main, I guess, points of culture that have highlighted Mormon. Come on, Captain. Sorry, he's annoying right now. I have to ask two two specific things: the South Park episode about Mormonism, and then also the Book of Mormon. Both of those were clear. They they said that everything that they were doing in those episodes were uh, true to the faith and true to the word, but they were very loose with this is a dog butt go go they were very loose with a lot of things to make it say like it it seemed a lot like they were making fun of you but then at the same time they're like no no this is true these are true stories how do you respond to a lot of that where it's like joseph smith found the tablets and then he wrote them down but it wasn't quite what he remembered so then people questioned him and they're like wait these weren't the right things. Let me go back to God. And he went back to God and he wrote down a new set of tablets. And like, it seemed like they were kind of poking fun at that. Cause they're like, that doesn't, that seems like he's being fishy, but it's true to the faith. Like what, what do y'all think about those types of stories? So that's, I, I can never say that I've seen South park very much. I've heard okay. stuff here and there, but you know, with that, that is, that is not true to the faith. That's not actually what happened with Joseph Smith. Okay. Um, so the the tablet, it was an ancient record from the people that are in the Book of Mormon, which you also asked about. And um, Joseph Smith retrieved those and he translated them by the power and gifts of God. He, he um, spent a lot of time receiving revelation. So so God is speaking to him and he is communicating with God. And so that he can actually translate from that ancient text into the Book of Mormon that we have today. Was he chosen or was he like special for a reason or was he just a guy who was out praying? <laughs> um, you know, I mean, he was a 14 year old boy, um, you know, from our perspective, I guess you'd say there was nothing special about him at all. But, um, you know, he was chosen by God to be the, the one to translate those plates and then to be the prophet um, of the church at that time. Um, and then from that time to now, we have had um, a prophet on the earth as well. We have a current living uh, prophet. His name is President Russell M. Nelson. Um, and so, you know, he was just, I mean, he was a prophet like, you know, Moses or Abraham in the Bible, you know, they were chosen of, of God as well. Sure. So yes, but yeah. I didn't know that we, we had a living prophet. It was Brigham Young a prophet as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So is there a, li- do you know the lineage of like all the lining, all the living prophets since Joseph Smith? So is it too many to ask? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't know okay. him by heart. I didn't heart, know if it was like but... Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, this guy. No, yeah, we don't know him by heart, but there is definitely a line that mm-hmm. I mean, we could find it for you and give it to you. But there is definitely a direct mm-hmm. line through those. Do you think men. Jimmer Fredette is a prophet because of his <laughs> ability to shoot three pointers? <laughs> <laughs> that that's a tough one. I do love Jimmer Fredette. <laughs> so. What do you guys say to all these people who think that uh, who think that Jesus came from Missouri? 
I hear that a lot about the Church of Latter-day Saints. They're like, the Mormons believe that Jesus is from Missouri. I'm like, that doesn't seem like something people actually believe. What do you say to those people? I personally have never heard that before. Neither have I. I'm glad. Maybe it's just a bunch well, of loonies I heard on the city Did he visit America bus. or like G- Jesus visited mm-hmm. America? Yeah. Yeah. So in the Book of Mormon, um, there is a record of, of Christ visiting the Americas, but it was just shortly after um, his death. Uh, after he was resurrected, he appeared himself to the people of the Americas. So that was a long time ago. And there's not really any way of saying where exactly that was. I see. So that doesn't mean We're he, go he didn't like get on a sh- He what? We're going to go with Missouri for your sake, Greg. <laughs> I know. You're Branson. But like, so he didn't like, he didn't get on a ship and come over here. He appeared... I mean, teleported or however you want to put it, but he appeared in a mystic kind of way. Yeah. So, um, so when Jesus was in Jerusalem and he was crucified on the cross, so he died. And then we believe that after three days he was resurrected, which means um, he came back with a perfect body and ascended to God in heaven. And then um, he was able to, you know, we don't really know how it works exactly. It's, not teleportation or anything like that but he also came down and visited the people in the americas he came down as a living breathing person just like you and me but we believe that in resurrection we are made perfect that you know any sicknesses or illnesses or anything that we have like those people that are missing limbs or those people that have things that are birth defects or something like that when they are resurrected that's all gone they're perfect the perfect human body if that makes sense. Do y'all wait, do we believe in resurrection? Like us, like when I die, I get rebirthed as something. So it's not reincarnation. That's what you're thinking. We keep our body and our spirit. Um, but you know, when we're resurrected, because when we die, our body and our spirit are separated. Our body stays here on earth and our spirit ascends into the spirit world um but then when we're resurrected then our body and our spirit come back um, together in a perfect form as other hollis said so this okay so the spirit world after death is not just with i'm going to call them ghosts but not just with ghosts but with physical forms Mm -hmm. yeah after the after the resurrection Okay, that makes sense. So it seems like a lot of that lines up like the resurrection. um, um, It lines up with a lot of other aspects of, say, Christianity. But then it's almost like your beliefs split at a certain point when Jesus comes back and appears himself to the Americas. Is that right? Yeah, because um, we use the Bible just like I say other Christian beliefs. and we consider ourselves Christian as well because we believe in Christ. Um, and so we use the Bible. And so, like you say, that all adds up with um, with other Christians. But then we just believe that we also have the Book of Mormon as another scripture. Um, and that the gospel has been restored um, to the earth today in, in these latter days. Um, and so, yeah. 
Gotcha. What's the difference between the Book of Mormon and the Word of uh, Words of Wisdom? Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Word of Wisdom is in a book called Doctrine and Covenants, and Doctrine and Covenants is a record that we have from Joseph Smith's time and and we the restoration of our church. It's writings of revelation from God to Joseph Smith and to the prophets of that time. And so it was a revelation from God is what the word of wisdom was. And because we have the doctrine and covenants, we have the word of wisdom and those things that we believe. Okay. All right, fellas. I think, I think we got a good understanding of the religion on a broad strokes level. We kind of understand some of the history. I had one question. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Space gods, other other gods in other worlds, other universes. No, nobody believes that, right? Guys? <laughs> I, hold on, Greg. I think they have an answer. Yeah. Is that a thing? Say it ain't so, fellas. <laughs> well, I mean, Christ has said that uh, he has you know sheep of other fold, and uh, we've been told that we can become you know like our heavenly Father and like Jesus Christ, and you know they created this world and so um you know there's no way of really knowing now in this world but um you know we do believe that there is the possibility that we could one day um do as heavenly father does and did and you know create other worlds and so that brings up the possibility that like you say that there are other worlds aside from just earth that we know so i dig it i was i was hesitant when i thought it was just an intercontinental but now that i know it's an intergalactic religion (laughs) i'm a little bit intrigued so fellas on that note i want we have an understanding of sort of the broad strokes i want to give you guys an opportunity i'm a heathen john says he's a methodist or whatever bullshit he was saying before he's obviously also a heathen in some ways as well how would you pitch us to try and join the Mormon church if you were, uh, if you wanted to recruit us? So that it, it also, I don't know. That is a very, very good question. And, you know, it depends on the person and their circumstances. But one of the things that I would say that we use a lot is what we call um, the atonement of Jesus Christ, which has to do with, you know, resurrection and things like that. And so Christ came to earth and um, we believe that he is the perfect son of God and that he, when he came to earth, that, you know, he ministered unto people and he performed miracles that are recorded in the Bible. And so at the end of his life, he performed what was the atonement. And so he went into the garden of Gethsemane and he suffered for our sins. He suffered for anything we can imagine for the happiest moment of your life. He knows exactly what that feels like. For the deepest, darkest point you've ever been, he's been there. And he knows exactly how you feel. Christ knows where you're at. And um, that gives us, gives us gave him the opportunity to be able to help us in this life. And, um, you know, the, the other part of the atonement was that he took sins upon him. So, you know, we're human. We make mistakes. It's one of those things that we're all going to make mistakes. But he made it so that we can change, so that we can be forgiven of those sins and that we can become better ourselves and that we can also help others to do the same. And then 
after he performed that in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was crucified on the cross. And this was, you know, he had nails driven through his hands and feet, and he was lifted up on a cross. And he he died that way. But um, one of the coolest parts that I like about that is that as he was up on that cross, rather than, you know, hating the people that are literally making him suffer and die, he, he said, forgive them for they know not what they've done. Because at that point, Christ knows exactly what all of those people standing in front of them are feeling. He knows exactly the experiences they've been through and he can relate to them. So he knows that they don't know exactly what they're doing, that they are killing the living son of God. And so he says, you know, forgive them for because they don't know. And then he dies. And three days later, um, he is resurrected. So when he dies, his spirit leaves his body. And then three days later, he's resurrected and his his spirit comes back and reunites with his body. And that's when he appears to the people um, in Jerusalem again. And he reappears to those people. And also he appears to the people in the Americas. And so that is one of the biggest, you know, blessings that I I could, you know, as you said, pitch to you to convince you of our religion is that hope that it gives is that hope and peace that it can bring everyone with that message is that no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, that we are never truly alone, that there's someone that's walked that same path and knows exactly how we feel and exactly how to help us. So I've got a, I've got a question here. Um, when he's on the cross, and he's flanked on left and right by a couple murderers. Uh, the murderers are crying out, and they're saying, "And I think he says that ask for forgiveness for what you've done, and like I'll see you, I'll see you on the other side, fam." Um, and they did so. So, my big question for you is, um, when? Okay, what? Why should I right now devote my life to being a good human? When I could do other things that are not good, and then upon the day of my death, ask for forgiveness, and be like, ah, clean slate, called it. Like, yeah. it has to be a true forgiveness. I have to truly want it. But what's stopping me from doing bad, knowing that I can always ask for forgiveness later? That, that's a good question. Um, and I think, um, you know, that... That, like you say, it sounds enticing, right? But I think it it just kind of comes down to really, truly understanding um, the atonement and repentance. And, um, you know, knowing that repentance is, is more than just, um, you know, asking for forgiveness and receiving it. You know, Christ will always forgive us, like you say, but um, it's more of to change, and to become better. Um, so th this is a, a quote I was just reading this morning about, about um, repentance and about changing. It's from Russell Nelson, so who we talked about earlier. He's the current prophet of, of the church today. And he said, when we choose to repent, we choose to change. We allow the Savior to transform us into the best version of ourselves. We choose to grow spiritually and receive joy. The joy of redemption in him. When we choose to repent, we choose to become more like Jesus Christ. And so 
again, it's just understanding more deeply and more fully that repentance process, which is um, a process of change. And, um, you know, it comes over time um, when we have a, a true um, you know, desire to have that forgiveness. Um, again, like Elder Hall said, I mean, that Christ will always forgive us um, for whatever we've done, no matter how far we've gone. Um, but we also know that repentance is, is more of a change. It's more of a process. Um, and so Fellas, I, I want to be respectful yeah. of your time. We've, we've yeah. had a fantastic conversation. We're, we're coming down to the last five minutes or so. Uh-huh. I just want to ask you guys a quick, a, a quick, um, an opportunity, maybe a favor. I have a book mm-hmm. coming out on next Thursday <laughs> and elder Cheshire. I, I believe our deal was if y'all pitched us yeah. about Jesus, <laughs> uh, you would help me out with an Amazon review. I was wondering if you guys would, one of you, maybe both of you would lead us in a prayer for potentially asking for some success for clubby a minor league baseball memoir next week also for our souls but mainly the book yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the book our souls and the troops in syria <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, which one okay. of us would you like to say that prayer well elder hollis you gave us the pitch uh, elder cheshire maybe you could lead us in the prayer yeah, i'd love to please Our dear Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for this opportunity that we have had to uh, meet together uh, using technology uh, to uh, spread the word of of Christ to to a a larger audience today. And uh, we we pray at this time for um, each of the listeners that, uh, that they can know of the love that that our Savior Jesus Christ has for them, that He truly wants them to um, to come to Him and uh, to change and to to become better, and um, and we are so grateful for again the opportunity that we have had to um, to spend this time um, with Greg and John, and uh, we also ask that they be blessed in and all of their endeavors that um, that they will have success. And, um, and we, um, we ask for a blessing upon the world as well, that it may be, um, be comforted and, and calmed during these times of, of much turmoil. And um, we, again, love thee so much, Heavenly Father, and we say these things humbly in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, I I can't help but notice you didn't mention the book. <laughs> well, I, I did <laughs> indirectly. <laughs> Is that work? Dude? I want to. I, I don't want to ask I, well, too much, but like, does it work? He says your <laughs> success, Greg. He said your yeah. success, and your success in your endeavors. So I didn't only bless your book; I blessed all of your endeavors, which Everything. includes the book. All right. It, it counts. <laughs> I promise it counts. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Man, you guys are you guys are good sports. I appreciate you guys just Absolutely. being you guys uh answering <laughs> our questions, you guys opening up about your faith. 
And you guys promising to leave a review for Clubby, a minor league baseball memoir on April 1st. Elder Cheshire, I'll be in your inbox asking you all about it okay. that day. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, it'll be really huge to make good on that prayer. Fellas, thanks for having us. Okay, uh, can we leave something I'm your co-host. Well? Oh, what's that? So yeah, I just I just wanted to invite uh, you guys and all the listeners as well that if you have any other questions about our church, um, our website, comeuntochrist.org, is a great resource. And so I just encourage you to go there. And is there any way that our listeners can follow y'all specifically? Is there Do you have a specific social media or a specific place that people can follow you? Or do you want them to go directly to that site? So if you go to comeuntochrist.org, um, there's all over on the website, there's options to uh, reach out to missionaries, have lessons with missionaries meetings. Um, and so when you go there and put in um, kind of a general where you live, it'll direct you directly to missionaries in your area. So those of you that are in Austin listening will be directed to us. Um, and then the other listeners will, will be directed to missionaries in their area. So, yeah. And what's that website one more time? Comeuntochrist.org. Comeuntochrist.org. Okay, listeners, yep. you know what to do. You find go. yourself a missionary. <laughs> uh, and John, you. where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter or on Instagram at Puma Revive. That's P-U-M-A-R-E-V-I-V-E-D. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter, Ginger Don't Shoot, at Ginger Don't Shoot. We're putting out fire content. Greg, you know the content we've been putting out. But mostly, I've been following you on Twitter recently because you've had some uh, pretty saucy moments on Clubby. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it next week. But uh, if you want to pre-order the book, you want to order the book, comes out on April 1st. Go to clubbybook.com. That's C-L-U-B-B-I-E-book.com. And Whoa, we changed it. C-L-U-B-B-I-E-B-O-O-K.com. I know. All right, we're just holding these guys hostage at this point. Thanks for watching. This has been Don't Shoot the Gingers. Fellas, thank you so much. Thank you.